And so I want you to keep that in mind. Matthew chapter number 19, verse four. Uh, let's let's look at what Jesus says. Jesus says these words. Haven't you read that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. They are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. I want to talk from this subject. Some of you may get a kick out of this because I don't know why I started saying this, but I say it all the time. But I'm using it as a subject for today's sermon. I want you to put it in the chat. Here's the topic of today's teaching. Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you hear what I just said? A couple of weeks ago, I shared my conviction, as I regularly do, regularly do with the spiritual family called Change Church, that there are three ways you can live your life. Culture's way, the church's way, or the king's way. I communicated during that presentation that these three lanes of living lead to three different levels of living. That the lane you run in determines the level you live on. That living culture's way leads to sinking. Living the church's way leads to surviving. Living the king's way leads to thriving. So I can't take the wrong lane and get to the right level. Or I can't complain or shouldn't complain about the level I'm on when I wasn't willing to change the lane I was in. I hope I'm making sense here. Three ways, three lanes we can live our life and each lane leads to a level and those levels are sinking, surviving, and thriving. However, this is what I've learned. I've learned when it comes to running in these lanes we must run in these lanes in every area of our life. What am, I, what am I saying? I'm saying it's possible to run in one lane in one area, but run in a different lane in another. Am I making sense? Let me unpack this. Some of you have seen this. There's this graphic. Some of us learn visually. I'm one of those first people. And so there's this graphic we created here at Change Church. It's called the Life Pie. And we use the pie, not a chart, because I like sweets. I'm getting delivered, uh, kind of. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but anyway, we, we, we want you to see, I want you to see something. When I talk about life, when we talk about life change here, we don't, we don't, simply, we don't simply mean behavior modification when we say jesus wants to change your life we're talking about every slice in this pie here your character your business and your work your resources your health and your relationships so when i i want you to catch this now when i say there are three different lanes we can live in it applies to every slice of your life so when it comes to my character i can live the culture's way Church's way or the king's way. When it comes to my business or my work life, I can live culture's way, king's way, church's way or the king's way. The same with my resources, my health and my relationships. And this is what I've learned. 
It is possible to live the king's way in this area and live the church's or culture's way in another area. But if our life hasn't changed, we shouldn't call it life change. We need to call it what it is. Some of us, our life hasn't changed. Your character has. So we're living the king's way when it comes to character. But we're living culture's way when it comes to our resources. So if I want to next level my life, I've got to identify what slice. I need to lean into based on the season that I'm in. Because what, what people must wrap their head around is this. In culture, it seems as if you can live a compartmentalized life. But when, 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 when we're influenced by a kingdom or a Christ-centered worldview, what we realize is everything is interrelated. You might not know it's interrelated, but it's interrelated. Your emotional health affects this. Oh, yes, indeed. Did you hear what I just said? Emotional health affects relationships and then relationships affect your emotional health. Your character affects your relationships, but your relationships affect your character. Don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. Am I making sense? y'all? Character determines how you handle business and how you do work. If we're an entrepreneur, it determines whether or not you are exploitive or profitable. Because you can be profitable without being exploitive. Am I making sense, y'all? And so so in this series called Respectfully, this is what we're arguing. We're arguing that if our life is going to change, we've got to be willing to have some tough talks when it comes to some of these slices. We talked about having tough talks with ourselves. We talked about having tough talks with God. Come on. We talked about having tough talks with friends. I want to come back to this relationship slice though today. Because today I want to talk about how to have tough talks with Bay. I don't know how it is in the chat, but if you're still here, I just want you to put I'm here. Just put I'm here. I just want you to put I just want you to put I want you to put I want you to put I'm here. You, you see, when we live the king's way in this slice, the manifestation of what it looks like will be different based on who you are. But the values that permeate that relationship will be the same no matter how they are expressed. And that is when we when we when we manage that relationship slice the king's way, all of our relationships will fall in the cate- this category, not all the time, but the majority of the time. They'll be fruitful, they'll be flourishing, and they'll be fulfilling. Got me? Fruitful. It means something is produced that was not produced or could not be produced without our connection. Am I making sense? It means that when y'all get together, we birth more than children. We birth, uh, you may birth church, but you may birth more than children. You birth some things together that add value to the world. Fruitful. Something gets produced that would not be produced had we not been together. Am I making sense, y'all? Yeah. Flourishing. It means, watch this. And when I say flourishing now, I'm, I'm talking about the emotional 
quality of life that I believe describes those that are living the king's way. Flourishing emotionally. It means, watch this, that that your emotional tank is being filled, not emptied. It means that your emotional quality of life improves and it increases. It doesn't decrease as a result of a divine partnership. If you gain a relationship but have to lose your mind to keep it, it's not a divine joining. Is this, is this too frank today? I, I was preparing this message and I was like, Jesus, I don't know a sweet way to present this. Am I making sense? Fruitful, flourishing, and fulfilling. What does it mean? It mean am I making sense? It means that if the person you're with is not fulfilled, it's because they're greedy, not needy. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah, it, it, it means that there is an understanding that in the context of kingdom relationships, the interdependence that Paul, uh, the, the analogies of interdependence that Paul uses in the book of 1 Corinthians to describe the body of Christ is manifest in a relationship. In the body of Christ, Paul argues for interdependence. He said, you independent, but you're interdependent because your eyes, someone else is a foot, someone else is an ear, and all of you all work collaboratively together because somebody's got what somebody else doesn't have so somebody's got what somebody needs now why would interdependence apply in the body of Christ and in God's house and not in ours that there are I'm not making sense that, that there are some that there are some needs that are supposed to be met within the framework of that relationship And, and, and oh, oh, oh gosh, can I, can I go here? This is, <laughs> uh, so the question is, do I want company or do I want to be committed to adding value to a person? How do we want a relationship, but we don't want to work? gosh <laughs> I promise you I tried to find a sweet message I couldn't am I making sense fruitful fruitful flourishing and fulfilling if we're going to experience this this fruitfulness this flourishing this fulfilling it leads to something that Jesus calls oneness It's hard. So you can have oneness conceptually and not oneness experientially. Like, you know, conceptually we won, but for real, for real, we not really won. You know what I mean? Conceptually we close, but we not really that close. Come on, I'm trying to find the honest people today. You know, it's like, you, you, know, you know what I mean? It's like, it's that space. It's like when it's really over, but y'all just hadn't acknowledged it's over. It's like conceptually we together, but not really. Yeah, fruitful, flourishing, fulfilling, it leads to oneness because you're drawn to that. 
You're drawn to that, which helps you be fruitful. You're drawn to that, which helps you flourish. You don't want to, you don't run away from what fills you up. You run away from what makes you empty. Come on here, somebody. You don't run away from what fulfills you. You run to what fulfills you. So the things that have to be forced shouldn't be forced. Oh my, did you hear what I said? Like me, love me, be in my face, spend time with me, affirm me. Shouldn't have to be forced or contrived. It should be the automatic outflow and expression of a person that's experiencing fruitfulness. They're flourishing and they fulfilled. Nobody is talking to me in this church this morning. It, it leads to, to oneness. I, I want you to catch this. And Jesus uses some words here in this conversation that gives us some perspective that I think is essential for this preaching presentation. This text that we just read here allows us to eavesdrop on Jesus's response to a question he gets asked regarding marriage and divorce. And it's, it's, it's really interesting here. Jesus <laughs> answers the question, but gives some instruction at the same time. Very, 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 very interesting. Very interesting here. He, 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 he talks about this marriage being originated and created by a creator. Like what's God's original intent? It, it has purpose. And because it has purpose, it should be done intention, intentionally and strategically. And he mentions two things that, that, that are necessary for oneness and that get us to the place where there's fruitfulness, where we're flourishing and, we're, and where we're fulfilled. He mentions two things. Now, I'm going to use some language that older translations of the Bible use to describe these two things. Jesus, two things. It's right here in the text. He says, there's got to be leaving and there's got to be cleaving. Right? So, so some older translations use the word cleave, where some more modern translations um, you use the word join. Am I making sense? Or united. Some, somebody put leave and cleave in the chat. Here it is now. He, he says they got to be leaving. He says, a man shall leave. His father and mother. Now, Jesus is not just talking about geographical proximity there. He's not just talking about leaving proximity wise. That's not the issue. When I say proximity, I mean the same. You, you understand what I'm saying? He's a, yeah, same place. Same, I'm not, I'm, that's not the issue. The issue is perspective. Because you can leave their house, but carry their head with you. Am I making sense there? It's, it's like <laughs> he says there's some perspectives and some ways and some norms and some practices and some some, some behavior patterns that worked in their house. But if you're going to be fruitful and flourishing and fulfilled in your house, you got to know what to leave in that house. Because some stuff that worked in that house worked, with, worked because of the people in that house. But if you are not joined with the person or the people in that house, you've got to make sure you know what to keep and what to leave. 
Woo. But this is how we talk to each other in our house. You got to leave that. Yeah. <laughs> well, this this, <laughs> this is how we did things in our house. Well, you might have to leave, leave that. My dad took all care took care of all the bills in my house. Your husband's not that good at math, so you got to leave that. See y'all, see that? See you see you see you see. This is so disruptive, isn't it? Like he should be paying the bills. Not if he can't add. No, he shouldn't. Ah, see, everybody that can make it can't manage it. But that's where interdependence comes in. Come on. Or vice versa. Well, my house, my mama did all the cooking. But can you cook, though? Yeah, who should cook? Who can? Okay, y'all, you're here. Who should cook? Who can? Who's gifted to? Who has a passion to? That's who should cook. Because some things in certain homes were treated as Christian values when they were really social norms. He's supposed to do that. She's supposed to do that. Where do you get that from? Yeah, the things that the Bible's really clear about, it's really clear about. And the spaces where there's ambiguity, the ambiguity is there intentionally because you've got to contextualize what this looks like in your circumstance. That's why there's ambiguity there. Am I making sense? Jesus said, there's got to be some leaving. And leaving requires intentionality in assessing the relationship scripts that have influenced my viewpoint on relationships. Everybody is operating with a script. The question is, <laughs> the question is, is it a conscious or subconscious script? We're operating by, so we're taking cues from something. We're taking cues from somewhere. Very often we haven't paused to assess what has shaped and informed the way I manage relationships. Because some scripts come from parents. Then some other scripts come from pain. Am I, am I, <laughs> did you hear what I just said? <laughs> yeah, it's like there's some pain in the past. Then as a result of that pain, that pain produces a perspective. That perspective impacts the way that people perform. And sometimes they're performing in the present like they're still with somebody who hurt them in the past. And so it's like, so you don't have to be that gangster with me because I'm not trying to do to you what they did. I'm really here. Come on. Yeah, I, I, I'm really here for you. Don't, don't. You don't have to protect yourself from me. I'm not the threat. But pain will produce a perspective where everybody's a threat. And when God sends an anomaly, you won't be able to see it because you don't believe anomalies exist. Come on, like everybody want an anomaly, but don't believe in one. 
Everybody, come on now. Everybody, everybody wants somebody that's not like everybody else, but you believe everybody's the same. Now, both of those things can't be true. If you want someone that's not like everybody else, you got to believe that a Boaz exists. You got to believe that there's a roof that exists that loves you for who you are appreciates what you have but is with you if you don't have it see come on come on now right because we always talk about the roofs looking for boaz i'm telling you there are boazes looking for roofs come on like come on there are boazes looking for roof looking for someone where i don't have to where they don't have to wonder are you with me because i own the field See, we don't talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I, are, are you with me? Because if I didn't own the field, would you want me? And if you wouldn't, do we need to talk about that? Put my, put my life pot back up on the screen. Yeah, if I don't have the field and you want nothing to do with me, we need to ask a question. Put my life pot back on the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, here, here it is. We need to ask... If they don't have the field and you don't want them, we need to come back here and say, okay, now, which level we're going to live on here? Because if they don't have the field and you don't want them, that's fine if it's culture's way. See, see, come on now. No, no, no. See, you can't say you're different and not be different. So, so they don't have to feel I don't want them. That's normal in culture's way. That's the way culture handles character. It's even normal church's way. Oh, that's normal in church. Uh-huh. See, in culture, they call it a come up. In church, they just call it a blessing. <laughs> Woo, he blessed me. <laughs> But King's way, now we see that different. It's like, no, I appreciate that. I feel secure because of that. Yeah, I value the kind of man you had to be to produce that. But I want you, not that. So yes, Ruth is looking for Boaz. But Boaz is looking for Ruth. So here's my question. I don't know why I'm, why I'm here. So, but here's my question. If you're searching for Boaz, are you Ruth? Ah, so, so, so maybe, maybe instead of looking for Boaz, I should be looking for Ruth. I want to make sure you understand what I mean that yeah instead of looking for the Boaz out there maybe there should be some looking for the Ruth in here that's got to be some leaving I got to assess so I can leave some of those scripts. I'm not saying be unwise. 
And I'm saying make, make sure that I'm living by a script that's informed by God's principles and not just my pain or my parents. I want, I want fruitful. I want flourishing. I want fulfilling. What are you willing to leave? Because Jesus says there's got to be some leaving. I'm on next level. What are you willing to leave? But he, he, doesn't, he, doesn't just, he doesn't just say there's got to be leaving. He says there got, there's got to be cleaving. And this is where it gets tough. Are y'all ready for this? Here's something I saw. Cleaving requires communication. No, 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 no. Because cleaving means to be united or to be joined. Listen to me here. But this joining Jesus is talking about isn't just a legal joining. Got me? It's an emotional one. I, I don't have time to bother this, but it's a soul tie. Soul ties aren't evil. It's just evil when your soul's tied to the wrong one. Come on. You want a soul tie with your soul mate? Are y'all here? So it's referring to this. It's, it's referring to Intimacy. I, I want you to catch this now. Somebody say intimacy. All right. Now, Keith Battle says this. Are y'all ready for this? You know, when I, was, when I was prepping this and preparing to come over here this morning, like there are times where I at least feel or sense like unique spiritual burdens for certain messages because I know or sense that it's an area of intense spiritual warfare. Because it's an area the enemy wants you silent on. And I want you to catch this. I want you to lock in here because this, this is important. I don't think the adversary wants us to get this. See, somebody say intimacy. Put intimacy in the chat. Here it is. Keith Battle talks about something called the intimacy gap. And this, he says this. It's where couples are not as close as they could be. Because someone needs something from their spouse to feel close. But the spouse needs to feel close to give what they need. Did you hear <laughs> what I just said? Okay, I'll read it again. He says, this is what he says. He says, the intimacy gap is where couples are not as close as they could be. Because someone needs something from their spouse to feel close but the spouse needs to feel close to give them what they need <sighs> so both of us want to be close but we can't be close because somebody needs something to feel close but somebody needs to feel close to give somebody the other thing they need to get close And the, I want you to catch this now. <laughs> and the only avenue for addressing the intimacy gap is communication. Because 
the intimacy gap is inevitable. Woo! Because satisfaction in relationships are seasonal. <laughs> the thing that satisfied you in one season doesn't always satisfy you in every season because hopefully you're not the same person at 40 that you were at 20. Y'all not talking to me. Yeah, when you were in college, if they had an Altima, okay, let me, <laughs> right? If they had an Altima award in a sorority or fraternity, you were good to go. But then when you're 30 and 35 and 40, you've changed and your values have changed. So you change. Life changes you in ways you can't predict. So as you change, the things that fill you emotionally shift. And when the shift isn't communicated, I'm going to say it again. When the shift is not communicated, an intimacy gap is created. I'm about to say something, and if a person has a level one worldview, you might find this a bit offensive. I'm not, I'm never, I never try to be offensive. I'm very conscious of that. But I do want to be truthful. I want to be candid. Y'all ready for this? Yes, sir. <laughs> if you're not sure, put not sure in the chat. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Very often, people make relational decisions based on somebody's speaking ability. When I'm telling you, the larger contributor to fruitfulness, flourish, flourishing, and fulfillment is whether or not they can listen. Some people linked up because they were a talker. Now they feel stuck because they're not a listener. See, are y'all all right? <laughs> See, here it is. <laughs> because when an adjustment is needed, it's one thing to communicate it. It's another thing to be with somebody who care enough to listen to your shifts. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. See, 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 it's one thing to communicate it. It's another thing to be with somebody who doesn't see your evolution as an agitation. You mad because I'm changing? Y'all not talk. Okay. Yeah. You, 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 <laughs> you upset because I'm being honest about what don't work for me no more. Oh, my goodness. What met a need in one season may not meet a need in another. Let me wrap this up. Y'all tired? Y'all, I can see y'all tired of me. Uh, here, here it is. Y'all, intimacy requires adjustments. <sighs> can I say something else? We have to, I think attractiveness is important. It's very important. But we've got to look beyond just attractiveness. I'm not saying sacrifice that. 
See, I don't even have time. This, this is a whole nother sister. I don't have time. Right? Because some of you are not honest enough with you about what matters to you and what order it matters to you in. You're too busy judging yourself to be honest with yourself. So you're behaving like a self you think you're supposed to be, but not the self that you are. So you're picking wrong. If you don't like that, you just don't like that. So stop trying to make yourself like that because you're a Christian. Stop trying to make yourself like that because you love Jesus. Y'all not talking to me. You don't like that. Okay, let me. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm a Christian, so I think I just need somebody that's just, you know, that's just soft and considerate and just with me. You don't like that. You don't like that. Why do you feel like being a Christian means you got to like that? Christian comes in all kind of personality types. Y'all aren't talking to me. They're passive Christians and assertive because they're all types of Christians. Christians from the country, Christians from the streets. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all kind of Christians. But there's, there's got to be some non-negotiable kingdom character traits. No matter what the container's like, if that trait of a willingness to adjust isn't in there, an unwillingness to adjust is an indication that you're with somebody that does not have a servant's heart. Marriage only works with two people with servant's hearts. Y'all... Somebody put teach in the chat. Did you hear what I said? It only works with two people who have servant hearts, not just two people that love each other. Almost everybody that says I do means it. That doesn't mean you'll make it. Is there a servant's heart? This is having servants' hearts doesn't, doesn't rob you of your needs. It is the path to actually getting your needs met. You live here now? You live in Atlanta? Come on. She's New Jersey. I'm like, she look familiar. Okay. All right, I'm back. Atlanta. We're in a studio in Atlanta. What was I talking about? Somebody tell me what was. Servants' heart. Somebody put preach, Pastor, in the chat. Put preach. Put in the chat. <laughs> Two people with a servant's heart. It's not, it's not denying your needs. It is, it's God trying to show you the way to get them met. Are y'all following me? God's trying to get you to say, he say, listen, if you will serve that person, it's going to unlock a level of generosity in them. That cannot be unlocked any other way. And what you're going to receive on the back end from a fulfilled partner is going to override the inconvenience of the sacrifice that you had to make. Are y'all here <laughs> to serve that person and to meet their needs? Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, see, some people are looking for somebody you got to unlock. 
and you unlock them through your service there's a level of generosity in the person you with that can only be tapped into by a servant's heart y'all see this is sunday if this was like a relationships uncensored i could say what i really want to say right now i can't though i can't say it (laughs) here it is am i making sense cleaving requires communication can i have seven more minutes if i can have seven more minutes put seven in the chat here it is i want you to see somebody say communication Communication. come on say it again say communication. communication yeah that's the only way there's cleaving because you need communication to communicate your adjustments i need a job i need an adjustment And when this is absent, it has many people in relationship spaces where they're consistently wondering, did they hear what I just said? I'm telling you what I need. I can only get it from you. Why are you not trying? Did you... Did you hear what I just said? Y'all, I got so much I can't even get them apart. I just got to wrap up. I ain't even halfway through. (laughs) I just got to wrap up. See, here it is. I'm going here because it's one thing for me to teach communication. And I got like six points I'm not going to talk through. But I got like six points that are like kingdom tactics like six biblical principles in terms of the way you should communicate needs does that make sense like it should just be you need to give me some more no like the bible gives some guidance on stuff like with tone when paul's talking to believers in Colossae in the book of colossians he says let your conversation be seasoned with grace right so say tone matters can do i hear grace in your tone or do i hear judgment So if I'm not meeting the need, are you communicating that in a judgmental way? Are you communicating your deficit to me in a way that makes me feel like I'm deficient? Am I sprinkling that with grace? That's one of my T's, tone, right? Time. That's another one. Somebody say timing. Does time matter? Time matters. Now I'm going to tell you something. This is what's challenging too. What's challenging is many people don't understand that it might take longer than you think for the people to get for the person to get as clear as you want them to be did you hear what i just said sometimes they didn't they didn't get it because are y'all ready for this we talk a lot about communication styles but we also got to talk about comprehension styles And people have styles of comprehension. Does that make sense? It's like sometimes, you know, somebody, you know, somebody, they might go off on something about something. And the person's like, well, I didn't know you was that man. I told you 12 times before. Yeah, but I didn't know it was, it was that bad. So the, the 12 times I told you this, you just thought I was. <laughs> I need. <laughs> Tone, time, tact. 
intact. That's important. Trust. Truth. Teamwork, all of this. Because I know some of you are about to DM me. I need them six. I need them six T's. <laughs> I need all of them. But I, I, want you to, I want you to see something. We can spend all this time on these kingdom communication strategies. But if this happens and a person communicates using these kingdom strategies and they're with a person who hears but doesn't heed the lack of action is a form of communication the lack of did you hear what I just said the lack of action is a form of communication The lack of action says what I need. And it may not be true. You got me? It may not be true, but this is the way it can be interpreted. That what I need doesn't matter enough to you for you to try at this the way I see you try at other things. Because <laughs> sometimes you can feel like I'm not asking you for something that I ain't seen in you. I just ain't seen it with me. I know you'll go get her. I see you. I know you figure certain things out. I see you figure certain things out. But sometimes that lack of action causes people to wonder. Why don't you go that hard for me? And I preach this message because there are people, you are watching me and you are hurting. You are watching me and you are empty. You are watching me and you want fruitful. You want flourishing. You want fulfilling. But you don't have it. Some of you are watching me and you know what it feels like to be in long-term relationships where you had to suffer because of a lack of it. But I want to I want to I want to speak life I want to use God's word and let God's word speak life into you today. To let you know that God, are y'all ready for this? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't unpack this. I just, it, it wasn't enough time, y'all. But I want to close with showing you a story about how Jesus healed the deaf. Because some of you need a miracle with somebody's ears. The Bible gives us examples of Jesus opening people's eyes, but he gives us examples of, Bible gives us examples of people, of Jesus opening people's ears.
Lord, open ears. Open ears. People are crying out, saying, I'm empty. I need this. Open ears. Open ears of spouses. I feel this. Lord, open ears of parents. Children crying out. Lord, open their ears. To hear the needs of your people. That can only be met through people. Gosh. Father, I pray for that. I, I pray for miracles here. Your word says you turn hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. So I pray that you would turn selfish hearts into servant hearts. We would serve one another. I pray for those that need to have real talks. Their intimacy gaps. Seasons of satisfaction of come and gone. And some have just accepted that they're destined to live in the land of relationship mediocrity. But Father, we pray against that mindset. I pray that you resurrect faith and hope, belief. That you're the God who can do everything and anything. I love you. And I thank you that you'll hear this prayer. I thank you for testimonies. That will come on how you shifted the levels of people's relationship life. I pray for kingdom relationships that will be a picture of your relationship with Christ. An evangelistic tool to show people this is what life can be like when you do it the king's way. I pray against the spirit of settling. I pray against relationship settling. I pray for a revelation that our eyes will be open to see our relationships are about more than bringing good to us, but bringing glory to you. So we accept we don't have permission to settle. So give us grace to run on and see what the end will be. I thank you for open ears and change hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands in the studio. Put some fire in the chat. Ha, ha, ha.